We know how much you love talking about player feedback, and we do too. What's up, everybody? This is Let's Talk Customer Feedback, and I'm your host, Natalie. Thanks for listening, and thanks for telling your player insights preference about us. This is season three, so let's get right into it. The gaming industry expects another booming year in both excitement and sales. But with the launch of many new games comes the realization that the market becomes even more crowded and the bar is raised yet again in all aspects, including games complexity levels, design, story, and character features. So, can leveraging player feedback help with this? an amazing year and three great seasons in the Let's Talk Customer Feedback podcast by Afogata. During season three, we had awesome interviews from companies such as Activision Blizzard, Play Studios, Wargaming, Mytona, and many more. We've talked about the importance of inclusivity in the games industry, how to balance player needs with the company's strategy and vision, the influence of the community on game development and optimization, and everything in between. It has been an awesome season, and we can't wait to see what 2023 brings. Although we've talked about multiple topics in the games industry, one question we asked all our guests was, If there would be a dream insight they could get from their players, what would it be? And we bring you here a compilation of all of these answers to end 2022 on a perfect note and hoping that we can bring these insights for next year. So find here the 10 answers we have to this question from incredible player experience experts. We're starting with Rob Gallerani, Senior Principal Game Designer at Activision Blizzard. So the trickiest thing is, is when you give someone a play test, right? Like they know they're being tested and most humans are fairly polite about it. Even if what comments they write about your game is not the politest. And so a genuine, like, okay, I, I am done playing this game and why, right? Like we used to call it the shelf moment. Like at what point does a player say, yep, you know what? I'm putting this on the shelf. Because in today's world, we don't you don't play a game once and you're done, right? Like most games now are a service. You want to keep playing them. And a lot of times people will, you know, stop playing for a little bit, but they then want to come back to it. And you kind of always want them leaving on a high note and things like that. But there are these moments where people are like, yep, I'm done. And to know truly when they hit that mark and why it was, like that would be that would kind of be the keys to the kingdom of like getting people to always be engaged. Like, is it that they need new content? Do things get stale? Cause we've seen people do the same action 9 million times and it never gets boring for them. Whereas other things are like, I did this 10 times. I'm sick of it. Like, is it different for every person? Is it like, so I think that would be it. We're moving forward to Michael Rubinelli, chief gaming officer at Tirano studios. The, the thing that we, we want to know and we want to understand, the thing that we always try to try to work towards is it's maybe a little bit esoteric or vague, but I think it's really important is we operate with, there's kind of two big foundational principles in our company. One is we have to find a cause that is greater than ourselves, right? And for us, the cause that's greater than ourselves is player ownership of assets. Like we think that's an unbelievable com- compelling cause. We think that's where gaming is going. And if we can expedite that, and the things that we do that lead to that, like we want to do, that's one. But two is it's all about 
you know, the most valuable commodity you have in your life is your free time. It's not how much money you have. People say, oh, no, the, the value of my worth, the measure of my worth is how much money I have. It's actually not. It's how much it's, it's, it's how do you use your free time? Now, a lot of times how you use your free time is a reflection of your wealth. Like as an example, Richard Branson is very wealthy. You can say, well, how much money he has? Well, I don't know, but I'll tell you how Richard Branson spends his free time. He flies to his private island. He has a gold-plated toilet. It's on the beach. Like, that's how he spends his free time. It's a reflection of his wealth. Definitely. So if, you, so if you understand that your free time is a limited resource, like they're not making any more of it, and you have a cap on how much you have, if you choose to spend your free time on projects that, you know, our company builds, we want to validate that. We want you to feel good about spending the most valuable commodity you have on our projects. And so we look for insights and things that inform that thinking. Is this a good use of your free time? Have we replaced like everybody plays, you know, two to three games on a daily basis? Like if we can get into your rotation, how do we break into your rotation of daily gameplay? Oh, we do that by validating and giving you a better use of that time. So the 10 minutes you're going to play here, play with us instead. We want that to feel better. And that's how we replace and, and get into people's kind of, uh, you know, the daily fabric of their lives. And so that's really what we look at. And those are the insights that we want to try to acquire and, and work around. Like, are, are, we, are we progressing towards that goal? And if we are progressing towards that goal, we're going to keep doing those things that allow us to, to make that claim and believe that claim is true. And now let's listen to Olga Koryakina, Head of Marketing Creative at Maidona. That's really interesting question. Um, well, I think it will be like a first impression of the game, oh. like Sick is Not, so Cooking Diary, the first one. And what made our players to stay and play? Like, because we have players who play our game like almost from the beginning, it means seven years for someone. Or four We're years still for loyal someone. To the game. Yeah, and I wanted to meet them and ask them. <laughs> you what, should. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe they remember the the first day in Cooking Diary and first day in Sickest Notes. It will be really exciting to know. And now you're gonna listen to Latoya Peterson, co-founder and CXO at Glow Up Games. Uh, a dream insight. <laughs> Honestly, honestly, what makes you play a game? That is the number one thing. And like, you know, the, the rough answer that we have is basically my friends are talking about it. But that's, it's that simple. But that question is so hard because like they defy genres. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times like the assumption about women who play games is that women are casual players. We like Candy Crush. We like any of those games. Uh, we like, uh, I hate assumptions. <laughs> assumptions are really like innovation right there. Um, but it's like, we like this, we like that. Women like casual games. And when we started talking to our players, we couldn't get like a clean, like we had all these comps, we found like 25 comps and we're like, oh yeah, we just totally be able to get like a good consensus from these 25 games that we pulled. And lo and behold, everybody we talked to named games that were totally not even on this list. Right, we couldn't get, we couldn't even get a like consensus. Um, most of the time, no, no three people named the same games. It was like you know, maybe yeah. two games. And so we were like, oh god, okay, how do we look at and make sense of this type of data where it's all over the place? It's looking like you know clusters of different things. And so that's been a key focus in terms of, okay, what makes you play? And particularly because um, for women and women of color, 
gaming as an identity is just a part of who they are as a whole. So the woman that's interested in this game is also probably interested in live concerts. She might have gone to, you know, Coachella or Rock the Bells or one of those other big ones she pays for experiences. She's probably going to wineries. She probably likes Black Girl Magic Rosé, right? <laughs> she's, or she's drunk. You know, she's always 19 crime. And like the profile of that person is so vast that we really have to like really hand it like, okay, what else are you doing? What else is happening? And again, for a lot of these women, they're, they're not thinking, they're living their lives. I don't know. My mom called, said, this is cool. I'm gonna try this out. And then I like this clothing brand, but that's how, because I feel masks today, but tomorrow when I feel femme, I might wear these brands. And like understanding kind of like who they are as a whole, um, especially in an era that's very algorithmically driven where they want people to be in a very specific box. It's like, oh, they like this. And that's only- That's simple. Yeah. For our player, it's definitely um, more of a constellation of things. And so, you know, who are you and what do you want? is still the core question that we're trying to answer. The big question out there. (laughs) Who are you, darling? Who are you, right? That's what we want to know in a 360 kind of way. Now we're having Ian Coffino, co-founder at Afterburner Studios. So I was thinking about this because this, you're right, this is a challenging question, but one thing I think would be really useful, you know, early on I said we had some, um, data analysis stuff. And the I think the biggest thing that it, it gave to us was an understanding of, of our funnel. And uh, for people who don't know, probably everyone who listens to this podcast would, would know, but <laughs> the, the funnel meaning the drop-off points over time of your players, yeah. you know, creating that kind of visually creating a, a, a funnel. So for uh, for us, as we were we were looking at that, we were saying, okay, after this tutorial, uh, where pe- how many people drop off after the first level, after the first boss, into, into the second level, all these things, these drop off points, and that is really useful because you're seeing that there is this funneling effect, and you're seeing how much people are dropping off at each point. But something that players don't really tell you because they'll move on to something else. You know, they'll be playing it and they'll uh, play the first level and they'll say, you know what, this is not for me, or it doesn't grab them, and they'll just drop off and they won't give you any feedback. So you only have that objective feedback. So something that would be really useful and you have to really fish for is that quali- uh, uh, qualitative feedback rather than the quantitative feedback of why they why it didn't click with them or what wasn't working or what could be done better to um, to improve that player experience so the the funnel widens and that's something you kind of have to intuit but it's it's very hard to get direct feedback on that specifically you're gonna listen to now muriel goldstein community and crm lead at play studios so as part of our player retention strategy we use the net promoter score nps to measure the satisfaction and loyalty of our players So ideally, we'd like to know what makes them recommend us to their friends, or in other words, what makes the game experience memorable. Now we're moving forward with Christian Kane, Senior Community Manager at Wargaming. As a long-term gamer myself, I usually can relate a lot to the players when they provide feedback or when they are passionate about something. But something what would be really I think useful for the entire industry is like what makes a player stop playing the game after a session? You know, what, what is the reason for it? 
Like, was there anything frustrating in the game what made them quit? Was it something in real life? Is it they had enough of it? Or, you know, what, what kind of caused someone to stop a session? That, that great... would, because, because you usually don't know. Yeah. Like, of course, there, there, there can be bad sessions where you play a game and you fail 10 times at the same task or, and then you say like, well, alt F4 or just close the game or just shut the console down. Yeah. But then, or you have enough or you don't have enough things to do in the game or it's repetitive. So I think that would be a great insight for the, for the gaming industry itself, if you could have this. And now you're going to listen to Diana Choi, CRM Manager at Play Studios Asia. For many free-to-play um, games, retention is the biggest asset, and Play Studios definitely try to put players' you know, voices at the center. Um, we can confidently say that we have a strong connection with some of our loyal players who's been with us since the beginning, like 10 years probably. Yeah. So um, we actually host a quarterly players roundtable where we get to sit down and openly chat with them alongside of our product and rewards team to get in-depth knowledge about their experiences of using the app. And this is definitely like, you know, valuable dream insight for sure as we hear feedback. The most the valuable. Yeah. And firsthand. Um, <laughs> yeah. So with these feedbacks, you know, we really strive towards turning them into actionable strategies. Um, so every time we have players roundtable session, we're, we're definitely grateful for that opportunity. Here we have Rizwana Rahman, Technical Lead, Product Manager. Dream Insight would be how to create dream customers by identifying the target audience for a new product. Apple is one of the best examples of a company who has a loyal set of dream customers that are targeted. Apple also does a really good job at providing a well-appreciated customer experience. The Apple Watch is one of my favorite Apple products and is a great example where its solutions in terms of fault detection to address the problem in the form of an accident is provided to the users. In short, dream insight would be connecting with the target customers and learning about their behavior patterns to proactively know their pain points and help arrive at solutions which are novel. And finally, you're going to listen to Ginesha Gandhi, producer at Red Hill Games. Probably how to make a game better. <laughs> like when they play it, to just be honest and tell us, you know, that you know, what we liked, what they didn't like, how we can make it better. Because we are here to, I mean, the reason we, we make games is yes, we are passionate. It's also to create a different world for these people where they can immerse themselves and just forget about reality. So it's important for us to know what works, what doesn't work and what they think will make the game better. And that's it for today. Let's Talk Customer Feedback is a podcast made for player insights professionals, player feedback enthusiasts, gaming industry experts, and anything in between. The podcast is created by Afogata, the AI-driven player feedback analytics platform that cuts through the noise and brings you the player insights that move the needle. 
In each episode, we have a special guest from the industry, including Afogata's own customers that share their knowledge on what player feedback and the voice of the customer means for them and the companies they work at. Follow Let's Talk Customer Feedback on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you'd like to know more about Afogata and what it does, go to afogata.com and get more info on our social media, searching for Afogata on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. See you next time. Don't keep your players waiting. <laughs>